You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we finished chapter 8 of Romans as Pastor Josh preached from verses 28 through 39. In today's episode, we talk about how we often misinterpret what Paul meant in verse 28 when he says that all things work for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We also spent a lot of time discussing the tension many feel around what Josh referenced as buzzwords Paul uses in this chapter, like foreknew, predestined, and called. I think you'll find today's conversation to be both challenging and informative. We're glad you've joined us today for After the Message. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Did I startle you? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea we were even starting. I, I was over here making whistling noises. Oh, no, I heard it. I saw the cue. I knew it was coming. So Mark, did our listeners. Mark was uh, making the pullet sound, <laughs> working on his turkey calls. They sound, sound pretty good. Calls. They sound really good He's in this pretty mic. Good. I'm just yeah. do, do a couple. No. Do a yell. Oh, no. come on. No, we come cannot on. Do, do a little purr. I don't have my turkey our calls. You, you can do it without it. You just did it. It's really... Do something cool. Come I can hoot. That's <laughs> okay. Awesome. So the 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 chirping it's a zoo in here. The guys. chirping people was uh, was Preston Crow. So yes, I thought that was Mark. And the other strange sound was Mark Evans, <laughs> which is not uncommon. <laughs> I can make some strange sounds. Uh, but what you turkey hunters do know is that the owl will make a turkey gobble. That's right. Mm. And, okay, and thank that's, you. that is the secret <laughs> to turkey hunting. <laughs> the more you know, Mike. There you go. Deer hunting ended last week. Duck hunting ended yesterday. Turkey hunting starts in a month. I feel like I get such an education every time I come Mike, in this room. Mike, I'm here to help you, man. I know you Florida people just miss out on so much. <laughs> so, Mike's taking notes. You got there. some good turkey in Florida, though. What, the Osceola? Osceola. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Do you think he would know? Yeah, no, maybe not. Nope. No, I don't know. I've never seen them, but yeah. Hey, one day, me and Brady are going to take you turkey hunting. Yes. And it'll change <laughs> a lot of fun. Life. We'll at least have a good time. We're going to put you we in have some stories? booths. Won't we have stories to tell on the podcast? Then? Can we oh, please man. video that? We're going to put you on a please. four-wheeler. We're going to go I'll mud be your riding. cameraman. It'll be our first video podcast. Uh, yeah. So so we already mentioned that Preston and Mark are here. Uh, we've also got Josh Brady and Sean Selman. And of course, Chase Hammock. Yeah. On our producer. Chase. So uh, it's good to be here. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm so glad we could start with the, with those strange noises coming from you guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stick kick it off. I'll do some more. So, hey, so uh, we're uh, you know we're we're continuing through Romans and and uh, you know last week we were uh, you know well I guess we've been in in the, your your favorite chapter. And, yes. Uh, so. And uh, your favorite part favorite of the now section. Or the favorite section. Oh, the favorite section this of the week, favorite yeah. chapter. He yeah. wouldn't so. give us a favorite verse, though. I asked him. Nah, he didn't. I, I couldn't. He's, he's like, no. Yeah. Couldn't. Is that even like, like, should we even do that? 
favorites? <laughs> have a favorite verse? Like morally God, I like this part of your word better than other parts. <laughs> oh, there's for sure I like parts of the Bible more than others. Yes. Um, you know, that, that whole, you know, call it calling my sin actual sin. Yeah, I don't like that stuff. I like the whole there's no condemnation. There yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing that can separate me from his love. Like that, yeah, yeah give me that. The, good, the good stuff. So Sunday, I, was, uh, I, I really appreciated the fact that you started started your message, uh, and, and you've said this before, but, but I think it bears mentioning again, um, because you did on Sunday, uh, that, you know, we should, we should come to the word and, and the word should inform us. We should not bring our own ideas to the word and then right. look for reinforcement. That's right. Um, and, and that, that, that should, that is a rule of, of proper biblical engagement, hermeneutic, hmm. but it's really hard, right? So yeah. even if we are mindful of that, we're still going to bring our thoughts and practices towards mm-hmm. it, the things that we like towards it, uh, but at, at least if if we must be we must be mindful of that, and if we're not, then our tendency is going to be I'm going to apply what I think and know already to this chapter, this verse, to affirm mm-hmm. what I already have mm-hmm. uh, instead of okay, Lord, what do you want to teach me today? Yeah. What are you showing me today? What do I need to be corrected in today, or or at least lined out in? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and I think you know because. Because we often come to, well, I think we come to God, and we talked about this last week. So we we often come to Christ, and with this sort of self centered idea, you know, like we talked about last week, how we come, and often our motivation is more to avoid hell than it is a pursuit of a relationship mm-hmm. with God. Um, and so I think you know, as we started this passage, we started in, in chapter eight, verse twenty eight, uh, which I think is an often misinterpreted. Uh, passage because mm-hmm. we often be. read it with eyes that are uh, more self-centered. And so, yeah. you know, when it talks about, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So a lot of us, we, we come to that and we think, oh, well, so if I follow Christ, if I love God, uh-huh. like the things that happen to me are going to be good. Like mm-hmm. like God is going to bring good things and uh, and I'm not going to suffer. I'm not going to, I'm not going to experience pain or loss or disease or, you know, all sorts of things that you hear other people preach about. Right. Um, and uh, and that's really not what this is saying at all. No, not at all. Yeah. And the fact that it's in the midst of a suffering section of Scripture. And and I think that's also why I like this, this chapter as well, because it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, life is real. Life is hard. We live in a mm-hmm. fallen state, in a fallen world. And and the message here is, look, in all of that and all the brokenness and all the sad and all the, the, the pieces that lay everywhere... God's got it, and he's doing something good with it. It doesn't mean, to your point, it's, it's not good. Like, it's not that everything is sun, sunshine and roses, and you'll never experience bad. Like, no, in the bad that you're going to experience, Jesus said that, God is doing something with it, mm-hmm. and you can rest in that. I think that is the, the the key to understanding this verse, is what is the good he does? the Right. Mm-hmm. right. What, mm-hmm. what is the good that he does? Right. right. Because yeah. we, we frame that through our selfish perspective on life, then it does immediately go to, right. and if I love him, I love him. It's going to be good for it's me, be good for me personally mm-hmm. in the way that I want it to be good for me. That's personally. right. Right. But if, if our lives are submitted and that's what you said, I got in quotes here, those who love God, comma, God works. Hmm. If we love him, then that's going to shape what we consider good. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. our love for him is going to stir in us. That's right a redefining of what good is. Mm-hmm. Um, good is not my selfish desires. Good is mm-hmm. about the one that I love. And he's the one that's doing the work for his purpose, for his glory. Yeah. 
And that is good if our hearts are stirred and our, and our hearts right, are for him. Right. We're going to find joy and we're going to find that yeah. is good right. because he's being glorified. He's being honored. Yeah. Um, but that's hard to stay that way. I that's think our right. posture it is. changes. Well, yeah. he goes into what he gives the definition of good. It's just in verse 29, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the good of all believers is looking more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that is way different mm-hmm. if, if if we're coming in and you know our good is, is yeah. good feelings or right. God's yeah. going to bless me or whatever that would be. Yeah. No, everything that God is doing or is allowed in your life is molding you to be more like Christ and probably implied less like Adam. Um, and so there, there is this this war that that he would talk about earlier. This this war that wages uh, in you, in, in the end of, of seven, that prior to Christ coming in our life, we looked like our first father, an mm-hmm, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christ comes, and and we have we have we have second Adam. We have mm-hmm. the one who who accomplished what the first one failed in doing. And so now, by God's grace, we look more and more like Him. Yeah. And we wish, we wish when we would say a prayer or have a Bible study or go to worship, we walk out completely better, but that's not how it works on this side. Mm-hmm. Um, on this side, it works by sanctification, mm-hmm. and that's a slow, long, mm. arduous, painful at many times process yeah. that allows us to look more like Christ yeah. as we go forward. And, and I, you know, I'm always struck when I read this part of the passage of, of how our goal often is not... Uh, let me be conformed into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, when we come to salvation, our goal may just be, I don't want to go to hell, right? Yeah. Which, <laughs> no, who who does, yeah. right? Right. And then we talked about last week this pursuit of of God, but what about this pursuit of godliness and looking more and more like Christ every day? And I think sometimes we get to a point where it's like, ah, this is this is enough. Like yeah. I don't look as much like the world as I used to. Yep. Um. But I don't know that I really want to fully look like Christ because there's some parts of that that just seem like that would be hard or not as much fun or whatever. And so we kind of land somewhere in the middle and go, uh, this is this kind of good mm, enough, right? Man. Yeah. Which is then we don't see good in the in the struggling because mm-hmm. we've lost sight of that mm. image that we're trying to conform to. Mm. So you, you, you talked about this yesterday, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think it, it's maybe – you know, doesn't get into the heart of some of the things we, we do want to talk about. But, you know, do we perpetuate that sometimes? Uh, because you talked about how sometimes we, uh, we, we hide, we come to church and we hide mm-hmm. like our, our stuff. Yep. Like, you know, we, we, and so we kind of perpetuate this perfection, like, like, oh, we got it all together. Everything's great. And, uh, you know, and then individually we know that's not true. And, but we see it in others. That's right. The the false self that we think they want we see us to see. Others. That's right. Yeah. And then we we you know we feel like that something's something's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I, so I wonder if if even by doing that, if we're not perpetuating this mm-hmm. idea that, um, oh well, they have it all together. They must be more mm-hmm. godly than me mm-hmm. because their life's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and mine's not. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. That comparison thing, I just, I was, uh, when you said it yesterday, I was thinking about, honestly, my first thought was social media and how we, we compare our worst days with everybody else's best days, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we look at everything that people post, right. and there's some who are going to post in their struggle, but a lot of people post the, you know, yeah. here's, the, here's the best thing that happened to me this week. 
and it took us eight yeah. pitchers to get it. Right, four filters. <laughs> right. And we look at that, and we're thinking, yeah. well, my day, well, it just stunk, you know? Uh-huh. And so I, I do think there's part of that, that when we come to church, it's almost a mirror of that, and that we see everybody uh, in on their best appearance, yes, at least, mm-hmm. and we don't see the struggle going on behind the scenes. And if we could really see what was happening in the lives of everybody walking around us, we would go, oh, man. You too? Even, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, but... But there's also another piece of that, too, is that we, even in that, we're looking at ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so John 21, I mean, Peter's sitting with the same dilemma. Yeah. Of like, hey, what 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 about about that guy? Yeah. Yeah, What what, what about him? And and Jesus is, and and really this is what Paul's pointing us to here. Jesus says, what's that to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I've got a plan for him. you follow me. Like keep your eyes on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 Paul's doing the same thing here. Like, what's what's the goal? Is to be conformed so that I look good to everybody else? No. To be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. So so even even in our struggles, like even in that, in that moment that we feel we're broken, that we're not um Maybe we don't even feel like we're pursuing Christ, but but we've trusted in Him. What do we do even even in that moment? Do we continue to look at ourselves, or do we actually look at Christ and His finished work in us? Mm-hmm. Like so, um, we we have to realize that God has positionally placed us, or Christ has po- positionally placed us as justified with God. That's right. And so, so even in, in our comparison and even in our failings and even when we don't feel like it's all together, mm-hmm. we'll have a tendency even to look at ourselves mm-hmm. instead of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, so I feel like that's what Paul's doing is like, hey, th- there's going to be all sorts of things that come against you and cause you to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. But Christ has done a work and has completed a work. Mm-hmm. And now he's bringing it about. That's good. And so I, I think the, the mm-hmm. one thing, still look at Christ. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, so, I, I know Mike's trying to itch us to get moving forward. I'm sorry. But just real quick on this, I see it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, right. But I, I think part of it is, I wouldn't say just the Madison community, but it's evangelical mm-hmm. American Christianity that it's our perspective of what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's it says, I can pursue the American dream, which I'm not bashing the American dream, mm-hmm. maybe, but we can pursue a life of great things and escape hell. Mm-hmm. And that is our picture of, of what it means to be a believer. And, and so when we're watching people and we know of their believers, and yet they have it all together, man, their life is really good and they follow Jesus, mm-hmm. then we start... Mm-hmm. anticipating, expecting, praying for, God, I'm going to love you so I don't go to hell. I'm going to do good things, but I'm still going to wrap my life around my selfish pursuits. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to pursue and expect that you're going to bless me because I'm watching everybody else. We live in a really blessed, mm-hmm. great area where we really love life. I mean, mm-hmm. most of us can look around and think, my life's pretty good, yeah, and I don't have to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful, deceptive picture right. of what Christianity can be. If we just love him, we can get all this cool stuff, 
live for myself, but not have to go to hell. Mm. And when we compare that, and that's our expectation, then it gets deeply ingrained. Yeah. I think even early with our kids, yeah. um, that you almost have to to shape and undo. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, false gospel, right? So that that is my fear, and I think most pastors fear um, anywhere, but I think maybe even more so in the churched places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a couple of years back, we were at, con- at the National Southern Baptist Convention, and somebody was talking about pioneering work and, and uh, the struggle of just needing to share the gospel. And and one like older pastor who pastors some, you know, just think like 30 years in the Delta, just pastoring, loving his people faithfully, said, you know, one of the hardest parts of my job is standing up each week and trying to convince religious people that they're lost mm-hmm. and that they yeah. need the true gospel right. of Jesus Christ mm. because they've said a prayer when they were little, mm-hmm. um, therefore gaining some sort of fire insurance for, for one day. And now they can live the life that they desire and they mm-hmm. want to live because they, they have a golden parachute. And it may not be parachute. overly sinful. It may not be full of yeah. what we would sure. say are bad things. No, no, no. I think those, But they're not wrapped around yeah. That's the gospel things. That's probably the most sinister thing about it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not It's not it's dressed not in red awful with, things. Yeah. with horns <laughs> and a sword. It makes it even yeah. harder because, yes. yeah, because it looks I, I have pretty. a good... I live good... I do good things. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. And Mm, you know, I hard. think, you know, some of the litmus test of, of sorting out, okay, well, well, is that me? Have I, have I bit into the false gospel? How, mm-hmm. how do I respond to that? I think if, if the gospel that we believe, if it affects nothing about your life except when you die, that you've, you've bought into a false gospel. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because our, our invitation from Christ is to follow him now mm-hmm. into eternity, mm-hmm. not starting when we go towards eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts today. And so if our life is unaffected by gospel thought, if we wake up and go throughout our entire day and it doesn't cross our mind in our job, if it doesn't cross our mind in our marriage, in our kids, in our money, in our, in our leisure, if Christ is, is nowhere there, then that's a huge red flag, or at least it should be for you. Mm-hmm. If the only affection you have for God is because he kept you out of hell, mm-hmm. that's a really scary place for me. I believe that's a that's yeah. a poor gospel yeah. that, that sadly a lot of times I, the last statement, we teach. I would also say that if the only difference, and we said, yeah, it's not just that you get to go to heaven, but if the only difference that it has made is that you choose to be more moral. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, and I think that's what you see in some of these churched areas is Jesus changed my life. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't yep. sleep around on my spouse. I'm a good person mm-hmm. and I'm going to heaven. That's different. A moral life is a different that's right. there's different sure. between that and a life that's submitted to Christ mm. that says I'm gonna wrap everything around who you are sure. and that's my right. good is when you're lifted up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's different even, than morality. Even if it's in my suffering. That's even that's if right. it's when things around me are not going the way mm-hmm. you're that's not. Right. Didn't um what what was the guy's name uh, at Southwestern, the true love weights guy? Uh, Ross, mm. not George Ross. I know That's who you're talking about. Richard mm. Ross. Yeah, Richard Ross. He, I, I don't know if he coined the phrase, but I know he used it a lot. Was the moral therapeutic deism? Yeah, yes. uh, And said that was the most pervasive mm-hmm. thing in our churches mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. and it's exactly mm-hmm. what yeah, you're talking right. about. Right. That's right. We, we confuse our morality, mm-hmm. not doing bad things, right. um, for Christ affecting our life mm-hmm. and changing us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, I'm going to reach us forward. Please Mike. go. Right. Here we go. Move us forward. Do it, Mike. Because I do think that that probably uh, a thing that that most people get hung up on and and we we were talking about it earlier because I think this happened in our life groups as well at least in some mm-hmm. uh, that people get hung up on in this passage are those buzzwords that you referenced on on Sunday um, and the whole idea uh, of predestination God foreknew 
Um, Verse 29. He predestined, right. he called. So, you know, and those words are there. Mm. Um, so I think we should have some discussion around that for our <laughs> listeners. You know, you, you made a great point because I've heard that a couple of times yesterday. Like, those words are there. Like, they're bad words. They're not. They're not <laughs> bad. Foreknowledge is not a bad thing. Predestination yeah. is not a bad thing. Called is not a bad thing. Glorification is not a bad thing. I, I do think sometimes we struggle because in, in our world, like if you are a Presbyterian right now listening to this or, or you're you know a Reformed person, you would say, no, they're not bad at all. What are, <laughs> like, why would you even bring why that up you as a bad, bad thing? Well, if you grew up in the Baptist church, uh, particularly a Southern Baptist church or even probably even more of a, a landmark missionary <laughs> Baptist church or independent fundamental Baptist church, there, there are these thoughts that, man, these words are really bad because you don't, you don't want... You know, these words invading your church. How many times as a teenager, young adult, did I hear, do you believe in predestination? Yes. As if as if it was the It's not in the Bible. Like, like, better not. You yeah. better not. So I mean, don't I, read Ephesians <laughs> at all. You're gonna hate it. <laughs> I don't think it's that we don't believe in predestination. I think it's um yes. we can use the word. It's just how we understand. Yes. And when we understand it, it yeah. I think it's it is a the beautiful thing. Right, right. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. And so uh, I, I attempted now, if you go and you pick up a uh, dictionary on biblical terms, there are really long definitions. Um, <laughs> trying to, trying to, I would say, squeeze out every drop of juice from, from these fruits here. Um, and so I, I aimed, and it could be an error, um, to make it as simple as possible. I thought it was great. I made it in a way that I thought my brain could understand. No. So what is foreknowledge? It is God knew everything before everything. everything. Um, predestination is God planned everything before before everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for me, as I sit and I read and I allow the scripture to wash over me, it, it is great comfort knowing that God already saw me mm. in totality mm-hmm. from, from before the foundations, my entirety of my life, how it's going to end. And he still chose to love me. That's mm. unbelievable to mm. me. Yeah. Um, and that he has planned out my life. Now, there may be things I do not like about that. There may be things actually that I'm going to be really upset um, and have mm, in the awe and reverence of God. And it's not me to, to shake my fist at him. Um, but there are things that have happened in my life that I would say, God, why did you plan that? Yeah. Why is that part of, yeah. of, of my story? Yeah. Uh, and, and then I know of other people that they've experienced things that are far, in my opinion, far worse, mm. far, far more terrible. And I'm like, oh my gosh, when they, when they hear this, like, are they, are they put off by God now? Because God may not have caused that, but somehow allowed that mm-hmm. to happen in their life. Yeah. Um, and I think we can get bogged down there. Yeah. I think the beauty is what Paul is saying is those things are doing something in us. God, mm-hmm. God knew it all. God planned it all. And through all of that, he's conforming us in the image of his son. Yeah. Uh, and in that, like we're, we're going to be called and then one day <sighs> completely glorified. Um, and so, again, that's why Romans is such a powerful book. And you can't just read one verse or one chapter and say, this is our theology. Um, Paul writes even right before this momentary afflictions. Yeah. They're not even worth comparing yeah. to what the glorification is going to be in the days ahead. Mm. But here we are with foreknowledge and predestination. Yeah. So in your in your groups, in your um, life groups yesterday, how'd that go? You know, we we didn't spend as much time on that particular question, mm-hmm. just kind of the way that our conversation went. Um, but as I'm thinking about it, you know, I think for especially for those that grow up in in Baptist circles, I think the 
the thing with that word predestination may go back to misinformation when when a lot of us were introduced to the word mm-hmm. as to what it really means, right? Right. And I think uh, there was always the struggle that I always heard growing up about it was so you're telling me that God wanted some people to be saved and God wanted some people not to be saved and put them into those two right those two categories. And if you got put into the category of those he did not want to be saved, then you you had no choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he put you on this earth for you, you know, to, to never suffer, know him, to, to suffer, suffer, right, to die it, without exactly. any. And it, and it was boiled down to that, right? Mm-hmm. So so when you heard about it, that was always the argument mm-hmm. was was that. So we didn't talk about it as much in life mm-hmm. group, but I was just sitting here thinking about when you said growing up, I was like, what did I hear about it growing up? And yeah. I think that was kind of that's the it, it was all boiled down to that. That's right. right. Okay, so. I, Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, so there's a couple of thoughts that come to my mind is that we, I heard about predestination, but I think it's important that if we're going to dive in and study these these words, like to understand predestination, foreknowledge, election, like they're different words. Mm-hmm. And, um, and especially when you think about predestination, I would argue that that's actually not the thing that most people are hung up on. It's election. It's, it's election, election and, for, and right. foreknowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I didn't but, hear those words right, growing up. That's right. It was always that's right. Um, mm-hmm. Because right. the predestination is saying God has determined an end mm-hmm. goal for those who have been called and those who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And he, he says it here. Mm-hmm. They're going to be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. Like And so we... We actually let predestination lead us into thinking about election and foreknowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, I mean, from that sense, like if we want to take a little bit of a theological dive, what we're getting into are incommunicable attributes of God. Hmm. Whoa. Mm. Um, Another big word. Another big word. So it's the whole idea that God has in, in creating us in his image, he's... He's allowed us to carry some of his qualities, mm-hmm. but there are some that he has not. And it's the it's the whole the big three. If you want to talk about those, you know, omnipresent, uh, omnipotent, yeah. omniscient. We don't get to be like those. we don't get to be those because we're not God. And when we start talking about those issues, when we start talking about election and foreknowledge, those are things that are reserved for God because He is God. And it and it starts messing with the nature of Genesis chapter three hmm. that man's desires to be God. That's exactly right. And and so we begin to get uncomfortable with the things that are only reserved for God. And we want we want to know. We want to figure it out. And hmm. so it begins to play with that whole hmm. issue of desiring to have the knowledge of God. Hmm. That's, um, that's good. So, I, I think I Yes, that makes complete sense to me. Um, I think my tension, and, and from what I hear of other people, it's it's the same thing, maybe said a different way. Right. Uh, it's what I hear when people say, I don't like predestination, I don't like foreknowledge, I don't like election, because it takes control away. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. and, and, and ultimately, it, yeah. it takes our takes our being God away. Like, yeah. like right. we want to control it. That's right. And I think the reason, and this is just me in this moment sorting it out, 
the reason we are completely okay with trusting Christ for eternity <laughs> is because we have zero control over what happens when we die. We just don't know. We don't know right. anything about it. We just mm-hmm. know we've been to enough funerals that that person ain't getting out of that box. Mm-hmm. And they're about to go into the ground and there's nothing we can mm-hmm. do about it. So in our, our estimation, control is over. Might as well trust something bigger than me. But anything prior to that moment... Mm-hmm. I want the control. Mm-hmm. And so I want Jesus to make me more powerful in my control over what I have now, which I believe is a completely unbiblical mindset. Um, it, Jesus Jesus isn't a superpower for us right. that we take on to make us a better us. It is this idea to come and die, like, like our death should happen mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. and we are now raised to walk in a different way on this Sorry. side of eternity into the next. Mm. And these these words, I think, a lot of times are buzzwords, and, and they affect people because it, it calls when we better understand God, you are not in control. That's right. You're not. He is bigger than you are. His ways are better than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And it's in that, like, like it's this idea of this giant ocean coming to, to sweep us out, and it's terrifying and exciting all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But in, in my talking to people and even in my own right. heart, like sometimes I think, no, I still want control. Right. And God says, no, you never had it. I got you. <laughs> That's I right. did this. Yeah. I'm, That's I'm right. causing this in you. And, and we, we're going to get to it in a minute. Like I believe that the only reason anyone is saved is because God saves them. Right. Yeah. No other reason. Right. Like not, and, and it's not even because, be, it's not even because somebody else shared with you as, as far as, so it, Mark doesn't cause me to be saved. Christ causes me to be saved. But I do believe that that Christ causes Mark to share the gospel, and the right. gospel is what awakens our heart to, yes. to Christ. Mm. And so God gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. We get to be a part of the process. Mm. That's right. No control. I like that. All right. So I do want to get to a question that uh, Chase, our producer, raised that came up in his life group uh, from Sunday. And so... Uh, and, it, and it has to do with some of what we've, we've been talking about. Uh, but in verse 30, uh, it says, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So the question that came up in Chase's life group was, uh, can you deny the call? It's a great question. And one that many theologians mm-hmm. and people have, have been wrestling with yes. for years, decades. Uh-huh. Generations. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so you're asking that question to a bunch of Southern Baptists, mm-hmm. right? So effectively, that question is sitting in this room with these brothers, and we all serve in a Southern Baptist church. And we may have different leanings, different way, but we're probably going to land in the same spot. The reason I bring that up, you ask that question to a different group of brothers or sisters, and they're going to give you different answers. Uh, just mm-hmm. depends on on kind of mm-hmm. where, where they potentially grew up in their understanding of Scripture. So I would say, yes, you you can deny the call that's extended to you. Um, I believe that is the epitome of arrogance in our life. Uh, I believe that is is what the scriptures speak to of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is the one who awakens your dead heart. Uh, and essentially what you are saying is, no, mm-hmm. I will not be awakened. I, I, don't want, I want none of it. Uh, and so... So for me, I believe, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the only sin that is unforgivable. Um, and unforgivable in the sense of if you deny your heart to be awakened to the gospel, there is no forgiveness applied to you. And so mm-hmm. I, I would say, without question, yes, you can deny that. I would also warn you, don't. <laughs> right. 
But I think <laughs> not you, a good idea. It is you. You are able to. What else would you guys say? And I think, you don't have and, to. Agree. And this is anecdotal, <laughs> so you always have to be careful with with just stories. But I think life experience. Um, there have been times in in my life where maybe I have um, shared Christ with someone, and they didn't respond the way that I wanted them to. But it it probably was more, it probably was more me just sharing. They weren't they weren't interested, right? Uh, there have been other situations where someone listened intently, and you could almost visibly see something happening in them as they wrestled through it hmm. and came to some reckoning, but they still said no in the end, mm-hmm. at least in, in my conversation with them. They may have said said yes later on. And so I think in those moments, it, it at least appears, again, anecdotal, it, it appears that there is an awakening where they realize something and realize a need for Christ, but for whatever reason, you mentioned the rich young ruler uh, before the, the show started, uh, for whatever reason, in that moment, they they were not ready to surrender mm-hmm. their life to Christ, and so yeah, I do, I do think someone can have that initial awakening and then reject it, um, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. Chase, Chase, has, a Chase, Chase has a question. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, Chase on the mic. So, is there such thing as wrestling then, or like you know, evangelicals use the phrase like planting the seed? Like mm. is that? Oh yeah. Like is that? Is there's a difference? There's, the there's, so, there's a there's yeah, a there's journey. two different outcomes that you just said, mm-hmm. Preston, in that situation. Right. So uh-huh. I don't know. Like it, yeah. yeah. So if I understand the question, correctly. is it a crossroads or is it a, a wrestling with what God's yes. trying to do in your heart? So I believe so, God is so gracious, um, mm. and, and and He's the one who holds time in His hand, right? So every day is appointed for us, and at some point the opportunity for response is over. Um, and so there may be a crossroad in that moment that Preston's talking about, but it, by God's grace, that's not the one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are opportunities down the road that, again, I believe God in his extreme grace, the spirit again continues to to, to call you to life. And, and you have opportunity yeah. time and time and time again until you don't. Mm. Um, and then mm. in that moment, it is over. Um, the opportunity for a response to Christ is, is final. That's what I would mm-hmm. see that as. Yeah. The problem, the problem being that we don't know when that time will be. You don't, that's right. man. No, because we're not God. So yeah, and I, I think that's a. On the one hand, we can let that really weigh on us. Um, like if I'm talking from the perspective of a believer, so if I'm a believer sharing the gospel with someone else. I sometimes I let that weigh on me, but but really. If we understand that the work is Christ calling and drawing them, then then I just I just get to do this. I get yeah. to I get to be obedient to what Christ has called me to do to share the gospel. The work is His. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and so I actually get to rest in that. Yeah. But what we want, what we often want to see is we want we want to see the response in that moment, not knowing That's right. that it maybe your term was planting the seed that mm-hmm. God is is in the process of awakening that heart. Yeah. And, and it's not because of who we are, but That's it's right. because of what he's doing. And so, so in essence, we, we need to learn to rest in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To go, I trust God mm-hmm. in his work mm-hmm. um, for however he, he calls and draws this heart to himself, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Um, I think, I think the bond, the bomb in the room is that, and yet he knows. Yes, right. Right? And so 
it's that it's that once again resting and saying I'm this God is so much bigger, so sovereign, so in control of things. I'm just going to trust Him. I'm yeah. going to rest in Him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but it causes attention in us, right? Mark's been trying to talk for about something. Four some, something Mark, is about to erupt. Give it, Mark. Yeah. It's like, give it's it. Bomb, right? I, I was fixing to respond, but I've got another question that's burning more, and I'm looking at yeah. the time. So we're pastors. Yeah. The people who are listening to this, some respect to us as pastors. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we are looked are to wiser. as the pastors yeah. of this church family. Yeah. They look to us for guidance, for leadership. Um. And, and I think that is the position that, that God has given us a responsibility for, right? But yet we sit here and we don't have consistent pat answers, maybe not in this room, mm-hmm. but certainly not with other pastors mm-hmm. that we love and respect. So what is the the mindset of um, the, the people of this church family who are looking at us for clarity, for stability, are there things in in our faith where we can say, hey, you can wrestle through this, and it's okay not to maybe land at the same place Mm -hmm. that we do in this room, or should they feel some pressure to conform and to button it up? Are there things that they we really would say, no, we will lead you clearly in these things, yeah. but there are some things mm-hmm. in our faith journey mm-hmm. that we would encourage you to continue to process and wrestle with. And to your point, mm-hmm. Sean, we may not fully know until mm-hmm. the day we see him face to face. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to be sensitive to the people who are listening. Yeah, no, and, I, and, I think and, that's absolutely a great question. And I think it, it goes back to uh, order issues, right? Mm-hmm. So, so. Right. Things of first order, in my opinion, is is Christ and Christ alone for salvation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when we get into our discussion today or end of Romans 8 or Romans 9 altogether, there's this tension of, well, how does it work? Mm-hmm. Like like when you when you open up the watch, how does how does the watch keep time? What are the gears doing? Well, well for us, we know that Christ is the one who saves. Um, we 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 take that as a first order issue in the church. Now, when it comes to um, is a like is our evangelism important, or is God going to save who He's going to save? I think that's fine to wrestle through, but it shouldn't affect our obedience. That's but it right. shouldn't affect right. our that's obedience right. to that, right? The things so, that He's called us to do, point blank, we've got to do. That's, that's exactly right. right. So, so we see Christ as as the head of the church. We see Christ as the only way to salvation. We see Christ as the only way that we can be restored back to good standing with the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a first order issue. Uh, and then when we get into other areas, now for some, hear me out. And I know there's some who are probably fire hot right now over our <laughs> podcast that we've already had today because we weren't enough of this or mm-hmm. we were too much of that. And, you know, that is what it is. You know, <laughs> my family sometimes is that way about me. Dad, you're too much of this and too much mm-hmm. of that. I, I get that. That's fine. Um, I'm okay with that tension. I'm okay with you feeling that tension. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with our, our church members doing that. I, I do think it is important, and um, to your point, that you would never mistake us as your pastors for the authoritative voice of God. That's right. I do believe That's that good. God has That's given us word. an authority in the church, and that is something we should never take lightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, your relationship is between you and God, and you have a scripture that you can read. That is the whole reason behind the Protestant Reformation. This is this this is yours. This is a mm-hmm. it is a, a community walk together. We we enjoy community. We should honor and love our pastors. I believe. Mm-hmm. 
But this is between you and the Father through Christ the Son mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you look at us as divine, you are going to be sorely mistaken. <laughs> that's um, right. But that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Good word. Great All reminder. Right. Thank you. Well, guys, a great discussion today. I know we, um, just like... Uh, Josh, I know you felt tension trying to get through all of this on Sunday and having to having to figure out what to edit. Yes, <laughs> bro, you did just, move quick. Just, yeah, yes. I was trying to keep notes, take notes. And yeah, I like, I, yeah. I well, I felt good for a little while. I was like, oh, I got plenty of time. And I looked down, I had four pages of notes yeah. left, and it said like seven it, minutes yeah, and forty-two right. seconds. I was yeah. like, oh boy, it, it is just a super thick. <laughs> well, and, yes. and along those so lines, like I, I I sense that we could sit here for another hour sure. just talking mm-hmm. through these things and uh, and still not finish what we would hope right. to mm-hmm. hope to cover. But but good news, we'll jump back in because chapter nine is chock full of some of the same stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Something to look forward to next week. All right. Hey guys, uh, again, great discussion. Good to be with you and uh, love walking alongside you guys. Mm -hmm. Love you guys too. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.